Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 264 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Andy. Andy lives in Louisa, Virginia, and she is an entrepreneur and also an artist. Welcome, Andy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to talk to you. Um, You know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, (laughs) I feel like that's a very long answer. I have a long answer to that question. We've got a long time. Uh, hopefully it won't be too long, but I will start by saying that I've always had a bit of a weight problem, a weight issue. I've started diets probably when I was starting at 13. I was, I was made fun of and picked on a lot. So my weight's always been an issue. It's always been at the forefront of my mind. There are actually a few diets I'd love to tell you about. 
after I answer the question. Okay. One in particular was the biggest loser. I went to a biggest loser camp for oh, four gosh. weeks. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about that. I definitely want to dig into that. Yeah, yeah. I love I yeah, I figured you might. But unfortunately, like my weight was not what brought me to intermittent fasting. I actually ended up getting pretty sick in 2017. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I just got worse and worse. But I was kind of like one of those things where I thought maybe I just had like a really bad flu or maybe I just had and I just I kept putting it off and just thinking I would get better, but it didn't. After about yeah, I guess. Well, one night I woke up, my lymph node had swollen up so large that it was, it was about the size of like a ping pong ball. Ooh. One of them. On your neck? Was yeah. It, yeah. I it's can this, just imagine. It was this one. Yeah. In the uh, back, kind of on the feel. side. That's alarming. It was horrible. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't turn my head and I just kind of had a big panic attack and I stayed up all night and waited for the doctor's office to open <laughs> that morning, called them and got in right away. And I, cause I knew something was obviously mm-hmm. wrong. And I ended up getting a diagnosis of Lyme disease. Ah. And because you live in an area where there's a lot of ticks. I do, but do I had like a field. No, I was actually working. We, were, we had just bought a house that we were remodeling and it was okay. a small house in a neighborhood. So I'd been okay. working in the yard and I mm-hmm. actually I remember finding the tick. It was in my my head. But I'd been bit by ticks lots of other times and right. I never had had an issue. So I really wasn't concerned and I didn't think it would be a problem. But it was a big problem and it's kind of started, it was the start of like a lot of other issues. It took me, I would say about a good year to get, I don't think I've ever gotten completely over it, but past the difficult part. Tell me, what were the the symptoms? Was it like very tired? Yes, what, very yeah, tired. Like lethargy? Mm-hmm, lethargy. Yeah, just like kind of like, I don't know, like if anybody's been pregnant, like that kind of tired when you're first pregnant, you're just exhausted, no energy. And then I would just kind of feel like fluish, achy, kind of like I was getting a cold. Actually started was in my eye. It was hurting. And every time it would focus, it would hurt really, really bad. And um, it got really bloodshot. And um, it was this whole thing. But again, I just thought, well, I must have some weird you know, hand, foot, and mouth type, but you know, it, just, virus. it felt like you were just constantly trying to fight something off, right? Yeah, like something yeah. was coming on. Like we all know that yes. feeling. Like when you're about to get sick and you just feel it and you're fighting it off, but your body never stopped feeling that way. Right. And it just kind of got worse. And, right. you know, and then the lymph node. And that's when I was like, okay, like something's really, really wrong. And then joints started hurting and my neck was probably the biggest issue. That's where a lot of it settled. A lot of times Lyme will go to your weak areas and apparently my neck was a one of them and it just destroy, it can just destroy the tissues oh, that, wow. you know, I'll, yeah. So it's not something you want. No. No, it really is not. The really hard journey of that lasted about a year and I was starting to kind of come out of it. But what I was noticing was that I would have these kind of autoimmune responses to things that I'd never had before. I was having like flare ups. Like for instance, I got poison ivy really, really bad. And normally I wouldn't even get poison ivy. I would just get like a tiny little spot. And it was like all over my leg, huge like blisters. And like your body is in kind of like over hyper response mode to everything. Exactly. Your bucket was full from the Lyme disease (laughs) and it was just responding to whatever came along. Yeah. And with Lyme, you have to kill it. But then when it dies, it lets off this um, toxins and you have right. to get rid of those too. So you you really are, your body just is like loaded with yeah. 
garbage. So a lot of those things were happening. And I just, I didn't quite understand it, but I just thought I'm kind of one of those people that tries to figure things out on my own and learn. And so I was trying to treat it. And within that time, I also, I have heart disease in my family. And so I thought, well, it's probably a good time to maybe just go see a cardiologist. I know that Lyme could affect your heart. And I went to the cardiologist. This was, I think, in 2018. And she did a bunch of tests. She's more of like a, I don't know what the word is, like more of a natural like a cardiologist. She's, yeah, she's a cardiologist, yeah. but she tries to treat things more of in a natural way if she can. And my thyroid ended up being off. She tested my thyroid, but she also, I my inflammation markers were just through the roof and crazy. When you get that test back, it can say, you know, heart attack likely. And I was in my 40s and it just was like, that was terrifying. So it's kind of started me on this journey of trying to figure out how to get rid of the inflammation. I tried everything I was trying, you know, all the things, turmeric and all these things that they reading and learning and nothing seemed to help. And it would, it would be like, I'd start to kind of feel better. And then I would just kind of get knocked back down. And then in 2019, my husband and I were actually cleaning out our garage and there was a spot of mold in there. And it was old mold that Lee had been taking care of, but there was still some, some dust. And I just didn't really take it very seriously. And I swept it up and it went, I inhaled it. And so now I, that pretty much took me backwards. Wow. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Actually, I would say the mold was worse, probably because I had the, the Lyme issues first and it, you know, I was already like so sensitive. Again, I'm going to say the words again, the bucket effect, right? Your bucket was yes. full. Our bodies can only manage so much and we're living in a toxic world, right? I talked about this in Cleanish and, you know, things are coming at us from all around and now you've got Lyme and now, I mean, your body might've been perfectly able to fight off that mold or deal with the mold had it been, you know, your bucket was low, you were healthy, but things like that, when you're vulnerable, just impacts you so much more. Yes, absolutely. I 100% agree. So that became another battle. I spent most of the summer on the couch. I couldn't do anything. I was unable to, I had nerve pain all down my one leg and I had what the doctor said he thought was fibromyalgia. We never formally diagnosed it, but it was just basically, I felt like I had run a, a marathon every day and I hadn't done anything. I couldn't exercise. And within all of this time, I'm not really changing my diet. You know, I'm not really focusing on diet. I'm focusing on everything else, trying to get back to exercising because I love to do that, but it just wasn't working. So that was another long journey. And another thing that just kind of sent my body into this hyperactive mode. I was just in really bad shape, but I would kind of get to the point where things would start to calm down and I'd feel better. And I would think, okay, I'm, I'm kind of coming out of this. And then I'd get sick or something and it would just kind of all flare back up. We got to 2020 and I was starting to feel better. And we had planned a trip out West with our son and we were going to go hit all these places. And I really wanted to feel better for that. And I had worked really hard to try to feel better and tried to do everything I could. And I was doing better. We did the trip. I, I was good. But then this was like February. Yeah, I was just waiting for that. I was I was yeah. wondering when in 2020 <laughs> yeah. it was. I'm like, did she make the trip? Did she not? But it was February when we were still like going places. So February, you made the trip. <laughs> yeah. And we went to all these amazing places. We get to like halfway through California, I guess. And we got to like Santa Cruz. 
and we start looking around and everybody's wearing masks. And our daughter was like, she was, she stayed at home. She was in college. She was like, mom, like we're almost out of toilet paper and I can't find any. And so we were like starting to panic. So we just like hightailed at home and got home. It was a crazy time. It was, it was. Like, when you said the toilet paper, Chad never locked his truck in the driveway of our house. And like he had all sorts of crap in his truck all the time because he's just a mess. But <laughs> sorry, nobody, nobody tell him that I said that. <laughs> he's a truck hoarder. But during those days of the pandemic, someone got into his truck during the night, I guess, and they stole toilet paper only. Oh, my god! It was right around that time when everything was crazy. And they didn't take the change out of the change cup. They stole the toilet paper. Wow. I know. And we lived in a neighborhood. I don't know if, who was rummaging around. <laughs> anyway. So, That's yeah. Crazy. Those were crazy times. So, y'all went on home just as fast yeah. as you could. Yeah. We did. And we went in, like, really, we took us about three days to get home. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as we got home, things shut down. So we had, you know, the next six weeks of kind of, for us, it was a, it was a nice, it was a, I mean, it's hard to say that because I know for a lot of people, it wasn't a nice time, but for us, it was kind of a calming time. And my husband, he still had his job and we, you know, we had food. And so it was actually a time where I could kind of just, just relax a little bit. It was, it was unnerving still that was, you know, this, after the six weeks we came out of quarantine and I felt good. And of course I was, you know, a little nervous about getting sick, but we had a lot of things we needed to get done during that time. We had decided we really wanted to move to a, a farm or just have some land. So we had started looking for land and we also had a house that was five hours away that we had been renovating, but because I had been sick, we had had it for three years and we couldn't. Right. So we knew we had to go back and forth and really work on that. We knew in order to move, we needed to get both of these houses that we had on the market. And so we started just going back and forth to North Carolina, working on that, coming home, working on our house. And I got sick. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't get COVID right then, but I got just a really bad cold and it kind of threw me back. So it was just this constant cycle. I guess that's what I really am wanting to paint is that it was a cycle of like getting better than like getting kind of knocked down again. And just, it was very, very discouraging. So really from 2017 to 2020, you were just feeling like you were in a constant battle with your health. Inflammation was high and you just never really felt good from that whole period of time. Yeah. No, I mean, I would have periods where I'd be like, I'd feel better, but I, yeah. Um, You didn't feel like a hundred percent. Right. Right. And it was very lonely. It's very lonely. Some of these sicknesses that you go through because people don't understand. Well, it's true. And there's a lot of skepticism among certain people about some of these more unusual diagnoses. And until you've been through it, once you go through it, you're like, oh yeah, it's very physical. And honestly, I do really think a lot of it is we can blame it on the modern era and our buckets being so full that our bodies just hyper respond. Yes. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I 100% agree, and until I was exposed to all of this, I kind of was that person, to be honest. I mean, if sadly, you had cancer, like, they put you a casserole. Exactly. Yeah. They're like, no, she's got that weird thing. I don't know what it is. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And 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 you look normal. You look, you know, but you just feel horrible. And it, yeah, it is it's hard to even find doctors to to listen to you. And it's getting easier with that. But so I got sick and I just again, you know, this is like mid 2020, summer of 2020. And then we got these houses on the market. Both of the houses sold. And right at that point in time, we had a family member that was in crisis and needed help. And this family member had three children and needed somewhere to stay. And we had told this family member, you know, we're going to move and we're going to have an apartment so you can stay. That's what our hope is. So you can stay in the apartment when we move. But the family member was really critical. So family member moved in with the three children into our house, this tiny, smaller house that we had. So there were nine of us living in this house. Wow. Yeah. So, and we were, just sold the house and we were starting to get ready to, you know, pack up and move. And so it was very stressful. We had three kids in the house that we were trying to help with and our own kids. And I just got to the point where I was, I could just feel my body falling apart. At that point, I said, okay, I need to put myself, you know, make myself a priority and I need to find a doctor that's going to listen to me and somebody that's going to work with me. So I found a functional medicine doctor and it's more expensive to go that route, but you have appointments, they sit and they listen to you. They ask you questions and then they do your blood work and they do very thorough blood work. Now, how did you find the doctor? Just because I know people will be listening and they're like, how do I find a doctor like that? (laughs) Do you remember? I think I just Googled like functional medicine or natural medicine. I may have, I feel like there may have been like a website, but I can't remember the website. Okay. But yeah, there are ways to find. It's not, I feel like it's becoming more common. It is. Yeah. But with, you know, with functional medicine, they try to do more natural. Obviously they can do 
prescriptions and stuff like that, but they try not to do that. And that to me is what I prefer. And so he started to work with me and we came up with a plan and talked through how to work through some things. This was about in December when I went to see him and we were right about to move out of our house. We In the house that we were moving into, the farm that we're in now, we weren't going to be able to move in for three weeks after we got out of our house. So we had about oh, three-week period. Oh, that whole process is so stressful right <laughs> oh there. Oh, my gosh. Not yes. to mention moving, oh, my Lord, with all those <laughs> yeah. people. Yes. So we were like, okay, you know what? We're just going to go get an Airbnb for the two of us and our animals, and we're going to figure out where everybody else can go. So everybody, we found a place for everybody else, and my husband and I, We this was in January now, at the beginning of January, we go to an Airbnb in middle of nowhere. And we were like, we're just going to play games and kind of just take a breath. And this day my, we get there, my husband comes down with COVID. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, well, so. you were already isolated, right? Yes, you were we were. That was the one. <laughs> 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 the one good thing was, yes, we were, and we had done well, you know, this whole time not to get it, but we, I, I kind of knew it was inevitable. And I was a little nervous about getting it with everything that I had going on, but I just wasn't going to live in, I just didn't want to live in fear. So right. I got COVID, obviously, because, you know, we were with together and and we didn't even realize at first that we had it. I think what, ga- what gave it away was um, we lost our taste and our smell. We were fine at first. It just seemed like a cold. And then my foot started to hurt. Your foot? Yeah, my foot. Okay. And I couldn't walk on it. And this was probably like, I don't know, maybe like seven days in, maybe like a weekend or so. I could walk on it, but it really hurt. And it was kind of swollen. And then it just started to swell more and more. And I, you know, was kind of freaking out because it was really, really painful and I couldn't walk on it. And so I sent my doctor some pictures and he, he wanted me to go to the ER. And so I went to the ER, to be honest, they weren't very helpful, (laughs) but they did do like a sonogram or whatever that is to look at your leg to see if you have blood clots. And they didn't see any large blood clots within my leg, but they ran a... I forget what it's called. There's a, a D-dimer test. that looks D-dimer, like clots. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. They ran a D-dimer test and it was positive. And so, but they couldn't figure it out. So they just were like, well, you know, you don't have any big blood clots, so you're okay. But now I, looking back, I'm pretty sure there were probably some micro clots in my foot. We just didn't know at that time. So we move into our house and I'm unable to really walk. I can, I I had to wear a slipper for about four months and my foot just hurts so bad. And we're trying to unpack and everything. I would have to just elevate it all the time. And I just kind of did it and just kind of suffered through it. And then it was about two months into, so it was March that we were moving, like just unpacking boxes. And if I got my heart rate at all, I looked out the window, if I look out the window at bright light, I noticed I was seeing like pink patches. Oh, wow. right. Like, yeah, it was weird. And so, you know, it was like, I don't, this seems weird. I probably need to go to the doctor and I'm not a big doctor goer. So I went to the doctor thinking, oh, they're just going to give me some drops or something. And I'll be able to go like, just go in real quick and then go run some errands. And I was there for like six hours and they were doing all these tests and they came back and told me like, they, they were like, do you have diabetes? Do you smoke? We just, we can't figure out what's going on. And I had a partial ischemia in my eye and I was not prepared to hear this. They said, you know, we don't know what's going on, but 
this could happen in your other eye. It could happen again in this eye and you could go blind. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was terrifying. And I got in my car and I just cried and I called my mom and just, and she was really encouraging and still kind of makes me a little emotional. And I came home and I just thought, oh my gosh, like I could go blind. And I, I looked around because like, I'm such a creator and a creative person and I love color. And, and you're visual, you, know, you, know, you yes. do visual arts, you decorate, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So the thought of losing my vision, I was just devastated. I do need to go back for just one second though, because there's kind of an important piece of this story that I kind of forgot. So when I, we were at the Airbnb, I couldn't do anything. So I just stayed in bed and I kind of decided, well, I'm just going to like catch up on like things that I'm interested in, things that I don't know about. I decided intermittent fasting. I'd been hearing a lot about intermittent fasting. And so that was one of those things. I was laying in bed and I YouTubed, I was, I Googled intermittent fasting and this lady came up and she was really cute and sweet. And she started talking about it and she was like, and she, maybe she, she might be somebody that like follows you because she was, she's like, you can't have any lemon water and no cream in your coffee. And I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds horrible. (laughs) And (laughs) I just, you know, and I think my mindset was like, I've had to give up so many other things. I don't want to give up anything else. You know, my food was like my pleasure, (laughs) you know, one of my few pleasures, not my only pleasure, but one of my few pleasures. And I just, I thought that sounds horrible. And I already have had to give up so much. I don't want to give up cream my coffee or anything else. But then you know how like when you're watching YouTube, then the next one will come on. And it was on autophagy. It was a a TED talk on autophagy. And so I watched that and I was like, wow, that's really, really interesting. And then the next one was this spiritual man from, I think maybe from India or Middle Eastern. And he started talking about fasting and he was talking about how he fasts every day. And he does one meal a day and he's very healthy and he was older, but he said, I travel all the time and I feel great. And he said, if you start to eat one meal a day and fast and you have health issues, you could take care of up to about 80% of your health issues by just fasting. And then he said another 10% you could take care of with spiritual, you know, prayer, meditation, that sort of a thing. And then he said, and then you might need to go to the doctor for the other 10%. That was just one of those things that just kind of was like a wow moment for me. And it stuck with me, but you know, this was in January still, and I did nothing about it. (laughs) I went and I told my husband about it. I was like, this is so cool. But I think I kind of tried to fast and it just was too hard. It just felt too hard. Okay. Fast forward back to March. Now I just got the eye diagnosis. I mean, that was like your rock bottom moment. It really was. After all the stuff you'd been through, all the challenges, hearing that, huh, I might go blind next. No, I mean, (laughs) okay, rock bottom. I have got to do something (laughs) different. Yeah. It really was. I think that that is exactly right. It was my rock bottom moment. You were like a rock rolling down the hill, (laughs) gathering all the moss. (laughs) I just was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 and I, and I felt like I was trying and I, and so I came home and I was depressed for a few days and my husband, he's, he's great. He's my cheerleader. He's my encourager, but he also can be sometimes when I need it, like a little bit firmer with me, like, you know, we both can be that for each other. I was moping around the house and he was like, I'm not going to let you just mope around the house. You know, you can beat this. You can 
you are going to be okay. You know, and the thing was, is that they said, we just have to check this month to month. We don't know what is going to happen. You know, we, you have to come back every month. You know, there was no answers or no, nothing I could take. I kind of got mad at my husband because I was like, you don't understand. You're not in my shoes. You're not the one that might be losing your vision. And so I went upstairs and I prayed and my faith is very, very, very important to me. I have very strong faith in God. I was just at that moment and I just, you know, basically said, I, I need help. I don't know what to do. I can't do this on my own. Please give me direction. And the word fast came to me. That just gave me goosebumps, by the way. I just <laughs> and I didn't, I wasn't thinking about fasting. That was not on my radar. You know, that was not, I didn't have any room in my head for that. So it wasn't like it was, it just felt, you know, the word fast. And so I just kind of sat there for a minute and I said, okay. And I had a bunch of boxes in my room still to unpa- unpack. And I just said, I'm just going to look for a podcast because I'm very much an auditory learner and I'm going to unpack and I'm just going to start to learn about fasting. And so I looked for a podcast and I found yours. <laughs> yours was the first one. And I started listening and I was so addicted and I just couldn't stop. And the people's stories were so inspiring to me and gave me so much strength and hope. So I listened to like maybe like maybe two or three because it was maybe earlier in the morning. Then I came downstairs and my husband was in the kitchen and I said, oh, by the way, I'm fasting and I'm not going to eat anything probably until about two from now on. And I'm giving up cream, my coffee, and I could just feel his eyes roll <laughs> because that was like the biggest, <laughs> like, I know he was like, okay, yeah, right. But that was, yeah. that's always been like, he was always like, if you just give up cream in your coffee, that would be like, so many calories that you would, you know, and I was always like, I'm never, no, I'm not giving up cream in my coffee. Well, that's so funny because Chad used to say that to me back when I was using stevia, like it was like oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be like, that can't be good for you. And I'm like, stop it. It's all natural. It's fine. <laughs> and what's weird is when I read the obesity code and realized I couldn't have stevia in my coffee anymore and stopped, I had a detox from the stevia. Like really? it was doing something in my brain. I don't know. I like Googled it and looked and the other people reported the same thing. So I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a plant, right? So plants yeah. do things, but yeah, I yeah. detoxed from the stevia and felt it. But Chad knew, just like your husband knew, <laughs> we're just like, don't want to hear it. La, la, la. Don't tell me that, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. We have to figure it out on our own. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. So that's how I found fasting. That's my awesome. very long answer to fasting. And I still have, there's a whole other, like other side of the story that like my road has been very bumpy and hilly. And I almost wanted to call you or email and say, can I wait? But I've heard you already tell other people on your podcast, like, don't wait, you know, you have a story. So I didn't, but I want to come back (laughs) and tell you like later. We would love that. I love (laughs) follow-up episodes. You know, I don't have time to have like everybody back, (laughs) but (laughs) We would have to go to four episodes a week. I don't know. But I'd love to hear follow-up episodes where people share how things have changed. But okay, so you started. Do you remember what day it was? Was it March? I think it was March 19th. Okay. March 19th of 2021. Yes. Okay. Yes. Of 2021. That's when Mm -hmm. you started. And you just started. Yeah, I did. I just started. I jumped in and I was – I started. I loved that, you know, at that point – the thing that I loved was that I didn't have to give up everything that I loved. I didn't have to give up some of the things that made me happy. I could still have them just within a window of time. And you just delay, delay. Exactly. You could still have cream, just delay it. 
Yes. So that's kind of the start of it all. <laughs> so what what did you notice after you started? Like, how did you feel at first? Was it was it difficult or was it just once you started, it was smooth sailing? Well, it was pretty easy in the beginning when I started. I think I was so determined because of my situation that I was, I've got to make this work. And I think I had about a four hour window then. And I had to go back every month to get my eye checked. Every month that I would go back, it would be better. And they were not seeing any other issues. I do think, and I, they've since said they thought it was connected to COVID, but they didn't know that at the time. But is it like more every, clotting kind of stuff? They weren't sure. Okay. They, they said okay. they're not they sure. They, were, they weren't sure if it was a clot or if it was a narrowing of the vein. But they just said, you know, we just have to watch it and see. And and um, they would look, they would take these pictures of my eye and every, like in the back of my eye, there'd be all this, it would look like fireworks because there were all these like broken capillaries. But every time I would go back, it was less. And that was in, you know, April, I had to go back. May, I had to go back. I mean, for a whole year, they started to spread it out because it was getting better and better. And then I did get clearance after that year to only come back every year. So my eye did... I still have issues. It still can be sensitive, but it's, you know, it's better. You know, if we think about the spike protein, right, of COVID and all the damage that spike protein does. And if you also think about autophagy, now I'm not giving medical advice, everybody, I'm not a doctor, I'm just <laughs> connecting things, right? You know, the autophagy breaks up proteins. I mean, it makes sense. I've seen some research papers that people are writing talking about therapeutic benefits of fasting for certain things related to COVID. Yes. So that's well, all I'm going to say about that. Not wanting to dive down <laughs> in too much, you know, like giving medical advice because that's certainly, I am not your doctor. It's not giving medical advice, but we can see connections theoretically of how, you know, autophagy could be very helpful. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I heard a, a doctor that was, I believe he's some sort of an eye doctor. I'm not exactly sure what his title was, but he was speaking on the eye and COVID and he did say that one of the things that can help with some of these issues is he meant he mentioned intermittent mm-hmm, fasting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've I've heard that you know from multiple people. Just the whole idea that, and it just makes sense, right? Autophagy breaks down junky proteins. COVID spike protein. It, right. Anything that might help with that, and I could see fasting being very beneficial. Again, it's you know we're still learning. So yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm glad yeah. your eye is better. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it still can get kind of irritated. And it's definitely, I feel like maybe a little bit weaker than the other eye, but the issue behind it is resolved. So what about some of your other health issues and struggles? How did those change after fasting? Well, I will say, so one of the bigger things that I've noticed is I'm not, I haven't gotten sick. Gosh, I don't know if I've gotten sick since I've started fasting. I maybe have gotten sick like once, but I really haven't gotten sick. And I do feel like what it's really helped me do is, is break the cycle that I was in. I'm still not in a hundred percent perfect health. You know, there's still areas that I'm working on, but I have really come so far. Most of the time I feel really good. There's times, especially when, when you have an issue like Lyme with the weather and stuff, you can you can have kind of like just a little bit of a flare up in your joints or whatever. You can just feel the weather, basically the pressure, the pressure. So, you know, those things can happen occasionally, but overall I have more energy. I just, I feel better. I'm trying to think of what other, like 
just the cycle being broken for me yeah. is huge because I'm You're not no longer rolling down the hill. Back. Right. Right. <laughs> so, and now when I have had, I have had some issues, you know, moving forward, but I'm able to kind of tackle them and like move forward. And it's not like this huge step backwards. That's been really good. That is really good. That's huge. So, you know, you mentioned early on that you had been fighting with your weight since about the age of 13. Let's talk about the weight side of this equation. You know, when you started intermittent fasting, you hadn't mentioned weight, but were you struggling with your weight still? Yeah. I mean, I always was a little like, just, I was always one of those kids that was never like the stick thin kids. I always think I had like hips and like thighs and a butt and I loved food. And so the two just didn't marry well. I struggled. It never got like to a point where it was like out of control bad. I could always kind of control it. And, you know, I got married young. We got married at 20. I feel like after that, you know, once you start to have kids, things started to kind of, I started to just put on weight. And I I do feel like I had some hormonal issues now looking back that maybe I just didn't realize that they were hormonal issues that probably added to things. You know, I was a photographer for several years, so I would sit a lot behind my computer. And so all of those things, yes, the weight added up. And then being sick for about five years, four years, I couldn't exercise and I just didn't make diet. You know, I didn't want to connect diet to getting better, I guess. Well, and you know, Um, when you're feeling so bad, you know, we we were from our childhood, when you're sick, your mom's like, let me make you something special, right? So food makes us feel better, even if it might just be an emotional feel better. There's also physical feeling better than happens in our brains. But I can totally understand if you're feeling bad and struggling, you're like, well, you know what, this, whatever it is, makes me feel better. I'm going to have that, that cream in my coffee, that donut. I mean, donuts never been my thing, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, absolutely for me. And, you know, like I was, we moved around a lot as when I was a kid and I was bullied a lot. So food kind of was my, my comfort too. So I think one thing, the other thing that intermittent fasting has really shown me is my emotional connection to food, because I have gone through some really difficult times since, and I have really noticed like this draw to food and just like this need for food and, and fasting got a lot harder than for me, but I was, because well, we can was numb kind of, those emotions, right? With the food, right? we don't yes. have to think about what it is. Instead, we can just feel the pleasure from the whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was very much an aha. I had to give myself grace sometimes and, and give in sometimes, but I also, it made me much more aware of what some of the issues had been for me. Yeah, that's huge. And so many of us realize once we start fasting, how many reasons we used to eat, right? And a lot of them were just because it was scheduled mealtime, food was around, but there were a lot of reasons why we would turn to food. And when you're fasting, you see them pop up all the time, all the triggers, all the (laughs) the old things. And you're like, wait a minute, no, my window's closed. I can't have that right now, or I'm not not going to, you know, I'd like to wait. So when you started fasting, did you start losing weight? I did. Yeah. I started losing weight. My my son was actually graduating in June. And so I thought, well, you know, hopefully this will help me lose weight because that was always on the, like, I always wanted to lose weight. It was always a thought in my head, unfortunately, ever since I was a kid. I get it. Yeah. So I did start to lose some weight, you know, by June, I got to the point where I felt okay in pictures, which was, which was nice. And then July, you know, I got down to, I think I probably would, I would say I was about in a 12 
and I'm only five three. So I got into where I was like squeezing into eights by July. <laughs> so, and then life got pretty hard again. I went through something pretty traumatic. Oh no. Yeah, it was, it's personal okay. and there's other people involved, so I can't really go into it. It lasted about four months and um, oh, gosh. kind of started with a pretty traumatic event. But what happened was after that fasting got really hard for me. And that's kind of when I started to see the emotional connection to food for myself. But I kept doing it. I did kept do- keep doing it, but my window got bigger and I wasn't as hard on my, I, I wasn't hard on myself if I had a bad day. The day that I came down and I told my husband I'm fasting and I started fasting, it was the first thing that felt right for me ever eating wise. And so I knew I would stick with it. And I did. I stuck with it through that. And I've stuck with it, you know, this whole year. As you said, you prayed and the word came to you fast. And then you just had that peace about it, right? You're Mm -hmm. like, this is what I'm doing for my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And you never looked back from that moment. Nope, I haven't. I've got to ask you about the Biggest Loser camp just because <laughs> I said we would come back to it. How do, where yeah. was Biggest Loser camp? I mean, look, I would have been signing me up for that because I was you know, early on in Biggest Loser when it was just first out and popular. That was when I was struggling so much with my weight and we all watched it, right? Or so many yeah. of us did. Any of us that were struggling probably to were tuning in. And I was like sad that I wasn't big enough to go to the Biggest Loser. I mean, <laughs> How many of us had those thoughts, honestly? <laughs> well, I could get bigger and then no, no, I didn't didn't go that far. But so they actually had camps. Yes, they did. I've always been like I love to push myself exercise wise. Right before I got sick, I did a, a Spartan, which is a super hard race. And I have to say I didn't do great in it, but I did it. <laughs> so I've always loved to push myself. And I loved I did I loved Biggest Loser too when it was on. There was one in Florida. I don't think it's there anymore. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I don't think so. There might be one more, but it, I think it might be Nobody go else. to the camp. Do not go to the camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the nail in the coffin for my right. metabolism. I Probably. think it just screwed you me. You said up. it was four weeks? Well, you could do as many weeks as you want. I mean, some oh. people were there for longer, but oh my gosh. I was like, I think four weeks is good. I'll be able to go. And and so, yeah, you did. I would say you did probably, I don't know, six hours of exercise a day. You I'm really did. You worked out a lot. You know, you got up and you did a form of yoga or stretching and then you ate and then you did a couple of hours of exercise and then you'd eat lunch and then you do more. I mean, it was, you know, and you did eat. Well, I will say like they did feed you well. It wasn't like they starved you, but. Well, that's good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wasn't quite like being on the biggest loser, but it was, you know, I mean. You People were weren't like throwing up next to you on the treadmill from the exercise. Oh, I don't think so. That's what <laughs> I remember from the show. They'd be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, like making themselves physically <laughs> ill from all the works. You know, you said you always love to push yourself. I have not always loved to push myself. I do not. <laughs> Well, you know, I don't necessarily think it's a good, the right thing though. Right. Yeah. I think there's a good balance because I right. do think you should push yourself some, but I think I was, yeah. it was too much and I learned my lesson. So did you lose yeah, weight? Was, yeah, I did, but not, I gained muscle and I did lose weight, but then I think I came home because I couldn't keep that up. You know, right. I couldn't Who keep that up. Who has time to exercise six hours a day? Yeah. Yeah. So I really think that was kind of like 
honestly destroyed my metabolism and I've yeah. been working it's also not good for you, by the way, exercising six <laughs> hours a day is probably no. not, it's going to make your body panic and think something terrible is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was intense. So T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. But there was a part of me that really liked it, I have to say. Like, well, I, it got to be too much. You know, I'd be exhausted. But I liked the people. The people were and, nice and we, and you, you know, like you're bond. together, right? You have a right. community. I really also think that was a big pull of The Biggest Loser is because they had that community. Yes. And it felt like they were teams. And they were, even though they were competing, they still were working together. And... They were all in it together. And there were so many things that appealed about that. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So it wasn't like camp, right? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have my kids. I didn't have responsibilities. It was nice in that way. I the pull of that too. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I mean, I love my kids, but you know, it was nice to get a break. (laughs) So yeah, that was. Forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, I'm still fasting, but I. I've decided that I stopped losing weight just with the trauma that I went this went through. It kind of threw me into like my thyroid out of whack and I started to put on weight, which was discouraging, but mm-hmm. I kept fasting and I decided my daughter actually got married this past June. I wasn't where I wanted to be weight wise, which was a little bit discouraging. But right after she got married, I was like, you know, um, I think it's time for me to really start to focus in on my diet and right. just fasting, just eating what I want within a period of time. It just isn't working for me right now. And I need to kind of figure out. And I didn't really want to do that, but I felt like it was the right thing to do, an adult decision to make. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw a nutritionist, a functional nutritionist, and I'm working with her now, but I'm also, you know, still fasting and she's made a lot of changes which have helped. What are some of the changes that you've made to your diet? Because I mean, I I know, you know, we all want to eat what we want to eat. And that was what attracted me to intermittent fasting because I was so tired of the restrictive eating. And I didn't want to give anything up. Just fast, just feast, repeat, don't deny, all of that. But yeah. as I've gotten older and realized how much better I feel when I eat certain ways, right? It's It feels like adulting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I could eat a Big Mac um, if I wanted to, but I'm not going to feel my best. Yes. And I made that realization too. And I was so, I, well, and she has taken me off gluten and sugar. Okay. Well, there are many people that if you've got autoimmune stuff going on, gluten might be something that triggers your body. 
Yes, I do feel like it did. And I do feel like there's a difference. I do feel like there's other healing that needed to go on. She wanted me to expand my window. I was trying to do still a four hour window. I was really having a hard time with that, but she wanted me to expand my window to eight hours. I've kind of agreed to like seven to six, six uh-huh. to seven for now. Like I want to go back to a stricter window, but I do recognize that I think my body's, you know, right now might need a little bit more. And you need to nourish I need to, yourself just a little more. Yes. And yeah. I need to do some healings. And so that's kind of where I am right now. And I do, I'm actually have lost weight doing oh, that. Good. So, good. so what, yeah. what types of foods did you start introducing that you had not been eating before? I've been eating more protein. That's a big one. Trying to do like healthy, you know, grass-fed beef a little bit, not a ton, but chicken and salmon. I'm still working on the vegetables. I like vegetables. It's just hard to know how to fix them all the time. And, you know, it just, but I, I do love, you know, I love vegetables. I'm telling you what, roast those suckers, throw them in the oven. (laughs) Are you doing that? Okay. Yeah, I do that some, I probably just need to do that. And that, that might be the best way. Do you, do you, what do you put on them? Just salt and olive oil? oil. Yes. What I do is I get a Ziploc baggie, like a big, like, like last night we had a meal and it had potato first. So I chopped, I, I, I diced up the potato, you know, kind of big pieces, like you would want your roast potatoes. Then I throw them in a big Ziploc bag with olive oil in the Ziploc bag, zip it up and like make sure it's all, you know, coated around. So I put it on the baking pan, my caraway baking pan <laughs> that I love so much. <laughs> put it in the oven at 425 till the potato started to get a little soft. Then we also had zucchini with onion. And that doesn't take as long as the potato. So I use the same Ziploc bag that I'd toss the potato in. I chopped up the zucchini into pieces, the right size, and the onion. I just like sliced it up, threw that in there too, in the bag, olive oil with that. Then put that on the very same pan. The potatoes were on one side, the zucchini and the olive oil on the other. It just gives it such a great flavor, that roasting in the oven. And it's easy. I'm like sitting on the couch, you know, and dinner's (laughs) cooking itself. We also had some chicken with that. I literally put the chicken right in the middle of the pan between all the veggies with some seasoning on top, seasoning, salt, and pepper. Okay. That was it. That was dinner. Okay. So easy. But I do Brussels sprouts that way, but I need to probably try other things. Everything. Like I have not found anything really that doesn't respond well to that. And it's so easy. And it brings out different flavors. Okay. I'm going to do it. Well, Chad has started cooking with me, which is really hilarious. (laughs) He's my little (laughs) sous chef over there. So we also had this little, it was like tomato and green olive and feta. So he sliced up all that, like like a salsa, but it was like with kind of a Mediterranean-ish kind of salsa with the feta. And I didn't have any lemon or, so I just threw in a little kombucha, which might sound weird, but it gave it that little S. Really? I felt like a like a maestro. <laughs> so like, wow. you know, figuring out. Anyway, it, all those flavors were just so great together, very fresh. It felt like like a very Mediterranean meal. Okay, that sounds really good. The kombucha sounds interesting. Yeah, well, never, it was like this but, peach kombucha, that like a GT kombucha, and I was drinking it. And I was like, this salsa really needs like a hit of lemon or something. I'm like, I'm just going to put a little bit of this in there, just a little bit. And it just jazzed it right up, brightened up I, the flavor. I wonder, you could probably make salad dressings that way too. I bet you could. That's a great idea. I'm going to have to try that too. Yeah. But yeah, roast the vegetables. Just <laughs> okay. buy, go to the store, buy things you've not ever tried. Seriously, cut them in cubes, throw, toss them in olive oil, throw them in the oven. 425. Right. Toss them a little okay. bit if they start to get brown on the bottom. All right. I will do it. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just so much better that way. 
<laughs> magic. <laughs> yes. Well, I will, I will definitely try that. Cause that's a struggle for me. I, I don't mind vegetables, but yeah. So I think though I've cut out a lot of stuff, probably more than adding. Cause I've already ate pretty, like I ate good stuff. I just had a lot of crap in there too. You know, I I'm addicted to sugar. Candy was a big one for me. I've cut, you know, just all of that garbage out. And now I'm even learning how to like, right now I was kind of make having coconut sugar. And then I found out that even coconut sugar can give you that insulin spike. And so I, for me personally, I'm just learning kind of right now what my body needs and cutting stuff out. And it has been good and helpful. So I do miss like ice cream and stuff like that. But I'm not planning to like be super strict forever, but I just think for right now, that's what I need. Well, it's a process, right? And food is medicine. We forget that. I mean, Hippocrates told us that, you know, (laughs) 2,000 years ago. I don't even know what year he said it, but food is medicine. It's powerful medicine. And the junk that's out there right now, there's so much of it and it's easy to eat. It's everywhere. It's all got all those additives in there. That is not helping us, not doing us any favors. So if you just think about food as part of the healing, you know, we've got, when we're trying to figure out what to do with intermittent fasting, you know, and tweak it till it's easy, there are just really three things we can work on. We can tweak our window length and timing. We can tweak our fasting protocol, whether you're throwing in, you know, down days, whatever. And then we can tweak our food choices. Right. And the problems might be deeper than just like, like, let's say you're having thyroid issues. Maybe you need thyroid medication, right? There's other things that we might need to do in our bodies. But food is such a big piece of it. And I know that fasting draws us in with the whole idea of eat whatever you want, but (laughs) you can still eat whatever you want. But if you want to feel your best, that might mean, you know, not having the ice cream. Yeah. And I heard you say that a lot of times. And I was always like, I don't like that. (laughs) You know, when you say it on here, I'd be like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to hear that because that is what drew me to to fasting. But but it's been a process for me too. It's been kind of this evolution of realizing like I want to I knew I always wanted to be healthy, but I feel like I'm seeing, you know, putting the puzzle pieces together, food is a big part of that. Yeah. And maybe that's the last one we get to, but I do think it's almost universal that we do get there and not in a way of like feeling guilty or bad. When I say bad, I mean like judgment bad. I mean, we don't want to feel guilty and and negatively judging ourselves, but we don't want to also feel physically bad. So we start making decisions that make us feel good because feeling good is such a powerful motivator. It's very true. Very, very true. Especially when you felt bad for so long, right. you can really recognize, you know, the difference. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think I would tell people not to give up. I listen to a lot of these podcasts and I get a little like envious of the people that it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it was a straight, more of a straighter path, but right. You know, they're inspiring to me too, because I think I can get to that point. I just, I haven't given up and I don't just don't give up and show yourself grace because there are, you know, going to be times where life's going to get really hard and you're going to go through difficult things and you might need to have a longer window, but just, just keep doing it and just don't give up. Yeah. 
is my best advice. Don't give up on your body, right? Right, right. Yeah, you're, you're worth you're, it. You are yeah. worth it. You're working with your body. You're working to heal your body and you can do it. You can find the thing that your body needs. It might not be easy because Lord knows your path has not been easy. <laughs> it hasn't, but it's been, you know, I mean, I've learned so much and I've grown and, you know, who knows if I even would have started fasting if I hadn't gone through all this. I probably wouldn't have because I wouldn't have wanted to give up the cream in my coffee. I get it. <laughs> and I still don't like black coffee. I just don't drink it until my window opens and then I have it with cream. So yeah, yeah no one but. is required to drink coffee. <laughs> Sometimes people will ask that. They're like, do I have to drink? No. <laughs> just drink water. I'm drinking my Topo Chico right now. Ta-da. Oh yeah, I see that. <laughs> it's harder and harder to find it. So when I find it, I'm it's like gold. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't I don't know. I need to look for it. I don't where it's, do you get it's, it? The glass bottle is just the different. Sometimes they have it at Walmart. Sometimes they oh, have okay. it at Kroger. Sometimes it's completely out. Okay. So I'll have to, I'll have to look it's got to be in the glass bottle. It just has a different kind of fizz. I don't okay. know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for telling your story, Andy. And I think it's really going to inspire a lot of people. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.